Well, what a beautiful night, right? What's that poem say? About, it was the night before Christmas. Y'all remember that poem? It was the night before Christmas, all through the house, the AC was running because we live in the South, right? Oh my goodness, this is the hottest Christmas I think I have ever experienced. You know, and I've been on this earth for very long, you know, just short 30 years, but geez, this is a hot Christmas, right? I mean, there was pictures of people at the beach today for crying out loud. What's going on, man? Yeah, I know a lot of—I know you're from Nicaragua. You like it. You like it. Yeah. Um, Merry Christmas, everyone. Everyone's doing all right? Everyone's okay? I promise we're going to blow through this kind of quickly, but we're going to take some time to just kind of reflect on Jesus Christ this morning. And But let me first say on behalf of Impact City Church, everyone who serves, everyone who attends, everyone who is here— let me just say thank you so very much for coming out here today, and welcome to Impact City Church. Thank you so much. We are so glad you're here. There's plenty of other places you could be right now, like straight up. You could be any other place. You could be at some other person's home right now, like I said, enjoying some tamales or something like that. You could be over at, at some other church worshiping right now, but for some reason you were led here. And I don't know what it was. Whenever someone invited you, a family member, a friend, or someone say, hey, come check out my church on Christmas Eve. You say, okay, let's do it. Maybe you were driving by and you saw the sign in the front of the church. And you say, man, on Christmas Eve, I don't have anywhere to go. I'm going to go there. Or maybe you're on Facebook and you saw the, the, the ad that we had on Facebook. You say, you know what? They look like a really cool place to go to. I'm going to go worship there. Whatever the reason is, I really don't know. But I do know this, is that you are here for a reason. You are not here by chance. You are here for a reason. You are here for a purpose. God has orchestrated all of that for a specific reason. And believe me, I am very excited that you are here. So thank you so much for coming over and hanging out with us that tonight. That being said, let's go ahead and get started. If you have your Bibles, please open them up to John 3.16. John 3.16. If you don't have your Bibles, you got a couple of options here for you. If you look around, there's probably one on your seat. When you came in, that, that, you know, there's one sitting right there. That is your Bible to keep. If you don't have a Bible, you can take that one home. That is yours. You don't have to sneak it out in your purse. You don't got to, like, tuck it under your shirt or your jacket. That is your Bible to keep. The other option we have is we're going to have the Scripture up on the screen. So uh, if you're one of those people that can't see the Bible because it's so small, you don't have your cheaters on, you can go ahead and look up on the screen. The Scripture will be there. Uh, uh, the other thing we have going on is if you go on Facebook, if you're one of those Facebook maniacs, and I know you are because I see your posts, if you're on Facebook, you can log on to Facebook, check out Impact City Church. It's facebook.com backslash Impact City Church, and we'll have all the scriptures being posted as we go. And so you can also check it out there. And if you're there, go ahead and check in. Let everyone know that you're here worshiping with us tonight. That would be, I would really appreciate that. Let your friends know about Impact City Church. All right, so let me ask you all this question. First of all, everyone's good again? Okay, good. We got the lights dimmed down low, and so I, the reason I do that is because I know that many of y'all will fall asleep tonight, and I, want, I don't, I don't want to see that. It's okay. No, we got the lights dimmed down low because we're trying to make this more intimate, so really just relax and enjoy this message today. Uh, let me start off like this. What is the best gift that you have ever been given? Just think about it. I want us to think back and remember the best gift. I mean, the best 
gift that no anyone has ever given you, the number one thing that you can look back and say, this is the best gift I have ever received, and the best one. It doesn't necessarily have to be the most expensive thing you've ever gotten. It could have been something that's a little more sentimental, something that, that was near and dear to your heart. It could have been something like that. Maybe it was something that, that you've been wanting for months and months before Christmas time. The best gift. Okay, maybe it was something that, like back when you were a kid, maybe you got it back when you were, you were young. And you really wanted that awesome new bike. You know, the, you really wanted the new pair of shoes. And whenever you were a kid, that was the one thing that you really wanted. You know, my brother, I remember he wanted this, this, this thing called an inchworm. And it, it was this little thing that he would ride on. I remember he, you know, my mom told me he was wanting that. And when I was a kid, I wanted a scooter. I didn't want a bike. I wanted a scooter. And I thank God my parents didn't get me a scooter. Because I can imagine how many times the kids would have laughed at me. Because I was on a scooter and they would have been like on these really cool bikes. They actually bought me a bike for Christmas. All right, so whatever it was, maybe it came to you later on in life as you got older. Uh, maybe for, for you women, maybe it was a, a really nice piece of jewelry, something that you saw at, at Zales or, or you, know, you know, James Avery, or, or maybe he went to Jerry. I don't know what it was. Maybe it was something, a, a ring or a necklace or something awesome. Men, for the men in the audience today, maybe it's a Smith & Wesson MMP AR-15-223-556 with a rail with some lights and some lasers. I'm just saying, some of us like that type of thing, okay? Some of us, you know, some of us like that. Sarah, I mean, uh, uh, y'all, some of us like that. Hint, hint. Whatever it is, what is the greatest thing? If I also walk around the room and ask you, what is the greatest gift that you have ever been given? Every single person in this room would probably start off with a little smirk and a smile. Because you would remember the feeling you got when you got the greatest gift you have ever received. You would remember that. And it would be awesome. You would just be like, oh, I remember that day. And for me, I remember that one of my greatest gifts came back when I was 17. I remember Christmas back when I was 17. I don't remember the year it was. I was still back in high school. But I remember by the age of 17, I thought Christmas was over. I'm already getting older. I'm not getting these cool gifts anymore. And I got the typical thing. I got the cologne. You know how many guys get cologne? You get the the bottle cologne for Christmas. You know, you get a couple of t-shirts. You got that really cool t-shirt. And you got the t-shirt that you're not going to wear ever. And it's going to sit in your drawer. You got one of those t-shirts. Maybe you get underwear and socks. You know, you know, Mexican moms get everyone underwear and socks. You know, showing this, and, and you want to make sure you're taken care of. And those are great gifts. Believe me, I've, I've gotten some awesome pairs of socks. Or maybe it was a CD or two, whatever it was. But whatever it was for me, I remember I gotten all those gifts already. I was like, okay, the night is over. Everyone's settling down. Everyone's just cool and relaxed. And then my dad brings out this big box. And I was like, ooh, what's that? And he's all, hey, that box is for you. Here you go. And I started unwrapping the box. And I remember how awesome. It was so long, so thick. It was a big box. And as I pulled out my gift, my heart started to skip a beat. Because as I opened up the case, it was a Gibson Les Paul Black Beauty Edition guitar that I had been eyeballing for a while. And I just loved it. I mean, I was in love. You can ask Sarah. I held that guitar more than I held her back when I was that age. I loved that guitar. But as awesome as that guitar was, it was the boy, like that was my greatest gift. That gift right there touched me. That gift was the gift that moved me. And I got a picture of me like bawling my eyes out. I'm like, <laughs> That's awesome. you know, I have a picture of me bawling my eyes out. I love that gift. As awesome as that gift was, as incredible as that gift was, as, as happy as that gift made me, there was still a gift out there that was better. I didn't even know it yet. There was a gift out there that would give me real hope. 
We've been going through a series called The Thrill of Hope here in the past couple of weeks at Impact City Church, talking about the Christmas story and how we can find the message of hope in the Christmas story. And that guitar was great. I loved it. I still pull it out, play it every once in a while. But it didn't give me hope. Maybe hopes to be a rock star, and that didn't really work out because I couldn't really play that good, you know? But, maybe, you know, it didn't give me real hope, okay? But there's a gift out there that's better than any guitar, there's gifts that are out. There's a gift that's out there that's better than any ring or any necklace or anything from Jared or James Avery or wherever it is. There's gifts that are, there's a gift that's out there that's better than any new car or surprise gift that you can get. Any new gun, if you're a guy, or you're, you're a gun, gun nut, whatever it is, there's a gift that's out there. And you know what that gift is? That gift that I'm talking about, the greatest gift that you and I could ever receive is the gift of Jesus Christ. Amen? It's the gift of Jesus Christ. And that's why we're all here tonight, right? That's why every single person is here tonight, is to worship Jesus and to come and celebrate this holiday. It's why we, we come together. It's why we get so crazy. It's why we buy gifts and we give them to other people because we want to repeat the fact that God has given us a gift. So we buy gifts and we give them to other people and we wait to see their reaction. It's why we do that. It's because over 2,000 years ago, God decided to give the world the greatest gift ever in his son, Jesus Christ. You don't believe me? Check out John 3.16 with me real quick. John 3.16 says this. It says, For God so loved the world that he gave. What did he do? He gave his only son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal Life. That was the greatest gift ever given to us, and God was the one who, who, who gave it to us. He loved us so much that he said, there is a way that I can make sure that I am always connected to my people, that I will give them my son. I will give them the greatest gift ever. And this Christmas and every Christmas, we celebrate the fact that God gave up his son for us. But not only just his son, it's his only son, but also his, his one true son. His real and only Son, so that we can be forgiven for our sins, have eternal life, and find the hope that we all long for. Amen? And this evening, just quickly, I want to show you three points, just three things about this incredible, priceless gift. If you're taking notes, you can flip the paper. There's a big blank spot there for your notes. You can write these down if you want. These are three things that we can take away from the Christmas story and three things we can take away from the gift of Jesus, okay? If you're taking notes, here's the first. Number one is this, is that the gift that God has given us is Jesus Christ himself. The gift that he has given us is Jesus Christ himself. To know him as a friend, not to be just a character in a book for us, but to know him as a friend, someone real, as not just a deity to, to be praying to you, but a real friend, someone that we can connect with and have fellowship with. Someone that we can have a real relationship with. Someone that is as real as the person sitting next to you. Jesus Christ is our real, true friend and our real, true gift. The gift that God offers us is to be known and to be loved by Jesus Christ. Friends who have, who have been together for years, they might frustrate you, right? You might have those friends that you maybe don't talk to them for a while. Maybe they, 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 they kind of make you mad, but you love them anyway, right? They're the type of friend that will tell you the truth over everything, but yet you might be upset with them, but yet you still love them. And this is how Jesus is as real as that. And Jesus tells us this, that, that in John 15, 15, he says this. He says, no longer do I call you servants, for the servant 
does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends. For all that I have heard from my Father, I have made known to you. And later on in chapter 17 of the Gospel of John, Jesus says this about himself. He says that, and this is eternal life. He says this is eternal life, that they know you. He's talking to his Father, God. He's saying this is what eternal life is, God, Father. That they know you, the only true God. And Jesus Christ is talking in third person. He's talking through the Spirit in third person. And Jesus Christ, whom you have sent, him, himself. Let me ask you guys this. Do you have that type of relationship with Jesus? That type of relationship with Jesus where you are known to him? The type of relationship with Jesus that, that, that you know him as a friend? Is he, or is he more of an acquaintance to you? Is Jesus your, your, a close friend? Is he more of like an acquaintance that you might see around town? Maybe you, the type of people that you run into every once in a while in the grocery store, you just know that person, but you don't really know them. Or is he someone that you can talk with, confide in, seek counsel from, find comfort in? Is he someone that, that can, you can feel at ease while you're in his presence? Is he someone that when you're around, you feel good and you feel like loved and comfortable in? Is Jesus that type of person to you? Do you have that type of relationship? The kind of ease that you get whenever you, you've had a long day, you go home and your best friend is, is just a phone call away, or if it's your wife or your husband, and all you want to do is just confine all your stress and all your problems with them. Is Jesus that kind of person to you? Is Jesus that kind of person to you? Or do you still feel like you have to run around and clean up your spiritual house before you can even talk to him? Do you feel like maybe Jesus is the kind of guy that unless you're good, unless you have everything set up right in your life, then you have no business even talking to him? Are you the type of person that thinks that, well, I have messed up in my life too many times, or I have sin currently in my life right now that I cannot talk to Jesus? I have no place to even be near Jesus. I have no, no spot around him. If that is you, and the answer is no, if you don't have that type of relationship with him, then there's good news that tonight you can get that. Tonight you can have that relationship with Jesus where you feel comfortable to just be loved and known by him. That's the gift that he has given us. And all you have to do is ask. All you have to do is ask. Ask him in prayer, confess your sin, and ask him for forgiveness in your life. That's the greatest gift we can receive. But just like every great gift ever given in the history of the world, just like every great gift, it comes at a price. And that's the second thing that we're talking about here. The second thing, if we're taking notes, write it down. The second thing is this. The gift that God gave us has great value. The gift that God has given us has great value. Anything of value has a cost, right? Anything of value has a cost. It has a price. There's a number on it. There's, there's, a, there's something that it costs to get because it is of great value. Most gifts that we receive have a number on them. They have dollars that we can put on them. Jewelry costs hundreds of dollars, sometimes even thousands of dollars. If you're crazy, you want to buy thousands of dollars worth of jewelry, whatever, whatever it is. Whatever it is, it costs money, right? Everything has a dollar amount on it. So when you give a gift like that, you know it's of value. There's people who pass down rings over generation and generation and generation because there's value behind that ring. There's people who make lots of money off of just selling old rings that they find because there's value on those gifts. Maybe your gift is, is not like that. Maybe it's more that you cherish it because it's, it's something sentimental. 
Maybe it was a, a, something that was made that, that, was, that someone took time and talent to create. Maybe it's a piece of furniture that one of your family members made by hand. We have a table in our house right now that Sarah's grandpa made by hand, and it's still good. I mean, it looks great. You know, something that's not the one that you guys probably eat on, but it's, it's out someplace else. But it's something that someone made by hand. It's a gift that has value in the time that someone put into it and the talent that it took to create, uh, the, the craftsmanship it took to create. Or maybe it's one of those things that the kids give you in school. Whenever you're, you come home, you pick up your kids in school, they're like, look, Mommy, I made this for you. Like, Mom, I made this for you. The other night, Skylar goes, I want to read a book, Daddy. I said, okay, what book do you want to read? She brings me this homemade book that she made in school. That is the story of Christmas that she wrote out, and she illustrated every page in that book. It was the greatest thing I'd ever seen. Whether it's a dinner plate with your kid's handprint on it, or it's an ornament with their name on it, whatever it is, these are gifts that mean something, and they're probably even more valuable than anything you've ever received that costs of that costs a lot of money. These are great gifts and have great value, but, but let me ask you this. What if the price of your greatest gift was not something that someone just created? What if the price of the greatest gift that you've ever received was not some huge amount of money, some thousands of dollars, or even millions of dollars? What if the gift and the price of, of, of the thing that you received was the price of the person's life who gave it to you? What if the price of the thing, the greatest gift ever, was the, the life of that person giving it to you? That gift that costs the life should hold great value in our hearts, amen? If someone was to give you a gift of their life, if someone was to die for you, you would have great value in your heart for that person, amen? I, don't, I have never met a vet that said that, that he just totally did not think that the people who died to make sure he came home were just you know, valueless. These men and women who go overseas and they fight and they save the life of their, of their person next to them in combat is because they love them and they cherish them and they died for them. And us as, as, as people, we don't take that as for granted, do we? That's exactly what happened though with Jesus. That was the cost that it took for God to send his son down to earth. It was the cost for us to receive Jesus was the life of Jesus. The greatest gift of we can ever receive was the life and death of Jesus Christ. And it all started at his birth. It all started at his birth. See, Christmas, we usually connect Jesus with the birth of Jesus, right? When we think about Jesus, we think about the manger scene, and we think about the angels and the shepherds and the baby wrapped up in cloth and all that good things, right? But that's just where it started. And let's just be honest right here. What's so special about a baby getting born? Like, what is so special? Because it happens every day. It's happening right now. Some lady is pushing the baby out right now as we speak. We celebrate that. It's a great thing, right? We celebrate during birthdays. We celebrate it throughout the year. Whenever it's your birthday, you make a big thing out of it. And then you get older, it gets even more, even more valuable because there's probably going to be less and less of them, right? But we celebrate birthdays on birthdays. But what is so special about this baby that we create a whole holiday for itself. A whole holiday that's celebrated around the world. What is so special about that? Jesus is different because when Christ was born, he was born with a purpose. 
When Jesus was born, he was born with a purpose. He was born with the purpose to die. He was born to be the payment for our greatest gift. He was born to be with us in a relationship with us. That is why it's such a big and important deal. But in order for him to do that, in order for him to have that relationship with us, he first has to be born in human flesh, raised up 33 years, and then sacrificed on the cross for us. I think it is vital that we always connect the birth of Jesus with the death of Jesus, because if the death of Jesus was never there, and that the death and the resurrection of Jesus never happened, then the birth of Jesus would have been pointless to us. It would have been just like all of our other births. The reason we celebrate the birth of Jesus so greatly is because we also celebrate the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Amen? We have to live with that understanding in our minds that when we see a manger scene, when we see Mary and Joseph standing over in the middle of a stable with with all the cows and the goats and everything around them, surrounded by shepherds and animals and sheep, overlooking a feeding trough with a baby wrapped up in just pure rags inside that that feeding trough, we have to remember that there is a payment for our sin, that that gift that was given to us will eventually need to pass away in order for us to celebrate its birth. It is our greatest gift. Jesus Christ is our greatest gift. He is a great gift that holds great value. And the third and last thing is this. It is a gift that must be received. It's a gift that must be received. Ladies and gentlemen, the gift of Jesus Christ has to be received by you in order for you to accept it. It's not going to be just just given freely. It's available for everybody, but God does not force it on anybody. It has to be accepted and received by you in order for you to be using it. We have to receive it. We have to take the package, literally open the box, rip off the wrapping paper, look into it, pull it out, embrace it, hold it, and accept that gift as, as it being given to you. The problem is that many of us in this room tonight, many of us around here will know someone or we know people in our lives or we ourselves think we receive the gift, but we're simply holding it under our arm, walking around and say, I have this gift, but you've never fully embraced it. You know Jesus. You go to church on Sunday. You might have remembered a great moment in your life when you thought that everything was great. Maybe you had a great time in prayer or you felt connected. But have you been living and using that gift every day? Have you received it and accepted it? We each have to make that decision to receive Jesus into our own lives, on our own. And when we do that, you can see that he is truly God and he is truly the greatest gift ever to be given to you. John 1.12 says this, it says, but to all who did receive him, who believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Did you catch that? To all who received him. I love, love, love this scripture because it didn't say to all who heard about Jesus and agreed with his teachings. No, it doesn't say that. It didn't say to all who attend church every Sunday on the dot, to all who attend every small group meeting on Wednesday night, to all who, who just try to do things right. It didn't say to all who follow the, the, some golden rule out there, to all who follow the, you know, the, the, the greatest pastors in the world, to those who live righteously. It doesn't say that. It doesn't say to all who have never messed up in life. 
It doesn't say that the only gift, that, the only way you can get this gift is if you've never messed up in life. It never says that. It doesn't say to all who are perfect. It doesn't say that. It says to all who receive him. That word all in the original language is going to blow your minds. It, back in the Hebrew and the Greek, it literally meant, get this, all. Straight up, like everyone gets it. That word all meant that everyone gets the chance to receive Jesus. Let me ask you, have you received Jesus? Now, some people might imagine that God's love has to be earned. We think that this gift that, we, that God wants to give us, that we have to, in some crazy way, that we have to earn the right to, to have Jesus in our lives, that we have to do that, we have to stay straight, that we have to be perfect in order for Jesus to come and be with us. Listen, but a gift that you have to pay for is no gift at all, right? How many of you guys have ever had to do that? Where you have, like, no one to buy you Christmas presents when you're like, I'm just going to go buy myself a gift. It's not really a gift. You just bought yourself something. You can do that any time of the year. But Jesus is a free gift, and you do not have to earn him. Let me repeat that. Jesus is a free gift, and you do not have to earn him. The fantastic news for me and you here tonight is that Jesus is given freely to us no matter where you come from, no matter what your background is, no matter how messed up of a life you might have had or how good of a life you might have had. Jesus is a free gift for all of us. Here's a secret. You can't earn it. There's no way you can't earn it. None of us here in this room can ever be good enough to earn the love of Jesus Christ. I don't care how great of a mom you are. I don't care how great of a dad you are, how good of a coworker you are, how good of a best friend you are. I don't care how many women you've walked across the street. I don't care how many kids in a, in a, burst, in a burning bus of fire that you've saved. It doesn't matter how good you are. You cannot earn the love of Jesus. It's a gift that is given to you. No, no amount of good deeds no amount of money you've given to your local church, no matter how good you are, receive the gift of Jesus. No one on their own power. But yet Christ still came, and God still gave his son to us. If you would, please turn with me to Ephesians 2. Ephesians 2, verse 1. I want to end with this tonight. Because part of receiving this gift is understanding that you really don't deserve it. Part of receiving the gift of Jesus is understanding you really don't deserve it, that in our own power we cannot earn it or we cannot do anything to deserve it because of the sin that we have in our life. And check this out with me. The Apostle Paul is writing a letter to the church in Ephesus. And he says this in the letter to Ephesus. He says, And you were dead in your trespasses. That means you were dead in your sins. In your trespasses and your sins, in which you were once walked, following the course of the world, following the prince and the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and of the mind, and that were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. You're thinking, man, what is that? Like, I don't understand what that is. Children of wrath. People of destruction and disobedience, I'm not like that. All that is saying is that whenever we live our lives based on by what we want, 
by what we desire, to chasing the passions of our flesh, chasing the passions of the things that we want in life, whether it's, it's, it's money or it's, or it's lust or it's improper relationships or it's, 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 it's copious amounts of alcohol, whatever it is, whatever type of sin we consume ourselves with. This is where God is saying, this is where he's saying we all either are or once were. For all have fallen short of the glory of God, we are all there. And he's saying this. He's saying that we were all by nature. Remember that word all meant what? All, okay? We were all by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. But the next verse is probably one of the best verses in the Bible. It says this in verse 4. Yeah, verse 3 says, Among whom you once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and of the mind that were once children, the nature of the children of the wrath of God and the rest of mankind. But verse 4 says, But God... He says, but God, that means that God intervened. That we were on a path going somewhere, but God says that he intervened. He got in the way of where we were going, but God being so rich in mercy because of great love in which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together in Christ. By grace, you have been saved and raised up with him and seated with him in the heavenly places of Jesus of Christ Jesus so that in the coming ages he might show his immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus this is the next this is the best part right here for by grace read this with me for by grace you have been saved through faith read this part out loud and this is not your own doing it is the gift of God. What is it? The gift of God. Not as a result of works so that no one may boast. The reason that you and I can stay here righteous in front of an almighty God is not because we do things good. It's not because you're a special, 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 special person at what you do or you're really good at, at being nice. The way that you and I can stand here in front, in, in front of God and boldly stand before the throne is the fact that he gave us the greatest gift ever, which is his son, Jesus Christ. There's nothing we can do to earn this gift. Amen? So if you have received the greatest gift, if you haven't received it, will you do so today? In a moment, we're going to wrap this up right here real quick. And in a moment, we're going to worship him one more time. Okay, we're going to all stand. We'll worship him one more time. And we're going to worship the birth of Christ in a totally different way. We're going to worship the birth of Christ in a different way by remembering the death and partaking in communion tonight. The way that communion works is the way that we remember the blood and the body of Christ. The fact that he came and died for us. Listen, it's not about religion. It's not about how you were raised. It's simply about here and now. The decisions that you make from here at this point forward in the sermon. It's about where you decide to, to, to walk with Jesus and remember the fact that he died and sacrificed his son, uh, God sacrificed his son for us. But if you're not sure that your heart is ready for that, maybe you're not sure that your heart is clean. You're like, man, I have sin in my life, pastor. I got things in my life that you would be ashamed to even hear me say. Would you just take a moment right now to confess those things in your heart to God? Would you take a moment, maybe just ask him for forgiveness. You just ask him for forgiveness. Ask him to cover you with his endless grace. Ask him to reveal the hope of the greatest gift ever to you. Ask him to, to just be there and to console you and to love you and cover you with forgiveness.
Surrender your life to him. Commit your life to following him and receive that great gift to him tonight. Can you do that before you do this? And maybe you're here today. Listen, church people, maybe you're here today and you're from church. You've grown up in church all your life. And this is something that's very common to you. But maybe you've been carrying that gift around and you haven't used it very much lately. In fact, maybe you've just been kind of abusing that gift over the past few years. Will you just make a commitment to recommit your life to Christ tonight? Will you make a decision to recommit your life to Jesus? Will you simply ask him to forgive you for straying far away from him? And would you ask him to, to just be there and to, from this day forward to you, that you will commit your life back to him? And you please take a quick moment for us to do that. And then I'll ask us to simply just stand up and we'll start worshiping. And whenever uh, you're done preparing your heart for that, when you walk over here throughout the, the course of the song, you walk over here, would you grab just a piece of, this is called matzah, this is the bread that we use to do communion with. You take this bread and we just dip it into the juice. And when you do that, you can either do it up here or take it back to your seat, whatever you feel more comfortable with. But as you feel that bread, when you put it into your mouth, you can do it whenever you want. As you come up and you take that bread and you put it into your mouth, I want you to remember as you crush that bread between your teeth, I want you to remember that the baby that was born that one dark, lonely night was born to be crushed and died for you. I want you to remember that as you break that in your mouth. Don't just go through the motions. We, we can do this every Sunday, but it's, we're going to get very, you know, easy with it. Can we go through there and imagine the fact that as we break that bread in our mouth, that we think about the body of Christ that was broken for us. And as the juice starts to roll over your tongue and, and it starts to go across your lips and your mouth, when you think about the blood of Christ that has gone across the, 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 the realm of death and come back for you and has covered your life with forgiveness and grace, will you do that tonight? And as you do this, we'll all stand and we'll start worshiping. I'll lead you in prayer. If you need to pray, I'll be over here. If not, you can just make your way up here as the song plays out. Amen? Let's all stand up and pray. Father God, we want to just cleanse our heart tonight. We want to just open our hearts to you, Lord, no matter how, how, how crazy our week has been, no matter how crazy the past few months have been. Lord, maybe we just need to start this new year fresh and just start off by just accepting you as our Lord and Savior. If you haven't done that tonight, if you haven't done that ever in your life, you, you can't say, hey, I remember a time where I surrendered my life to Jesus. May that be tonight. On the birth of Jesus Christ, may you have the rebirth, your new life. May you surrender your life to Jesus. May you simply say, Lord, I am a sinner. Lord, I have messed up in life, and from this point on, I ask and pray for your endless grace and forgiveness on my life, and that you will be a direction in my life to guide me in my life, and I want to commit my life over to you. Maybe you need to recommit your life to Christ tonight. Maybe you've been straying away from following Jesus the right way. Maybe just the birth of Christ and the death of Christ is reminding you how much you really do spend with Jesus. How much time? You don't have that type of relationship that he intended for us to have. He's more of an acquaintance in your life. I mean, you just apologize to him. Ask for forgiveness and allow him to forgive you and show you grace. And as we come up here, as we partake in this, 
in this last supper, this communion, may, let it be known that no matter who you are in this room tonight, this is for you. Jesus died for you. If you choose to accept it, you can choose to worship him through this. As we listen to this song, as the song starts to play right now, may we just give praise and thanks for all that you have done. May we say, hallelujah, what a savior. May we sing in great praises, hallelujah, what a savior. It's in Christ's name we pray. All God's people said, amen. When your heart is ready, make your way up. Shining star in heaven so bright.